We're here in the matter of the United States of America versus. Call select call from a person presumed nice until proven naughty. Y'all, Santa Claus is locked up, and I'm going to get him out. My name's Richie Buck. I'm an amateur podcaster and investigator. I'm an investopodster. I came up with that. If you like true crime, feelings of the holidays, and I ain't just talking about Christmas, and satire, well, Santa may be a criminal, just might be for you. Some of your favorite true crime podcasters have joined in to spin this yarn. I'm Chet. If the mitten ain't a fitting. Can you tell who's who? Stop acting like And is Santa a criminal? Let's find out together. Hunt down Santa. Santa may be a criminal. Listen and subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts. Got run over by a reindeer. Ho, ho, ho. So as the resident conspiracy lunatic of the Sirens podcast, I've been asked by Raven to share a little bit of my madness with you all. The topics that I plan on bringing to you in this segment fall strictly under myth and legend and will be presented as such so as to further promote the level-headed logical approach championed by Raven. The information I will be providing to you in this segment is merely that information. I am not a stoic believer in the creatures and shadows I will be discussing, but rather a fascinated skeptic. Welcome to Cryptids Unscripted. Okay. Hi everyone out there. Welcome again to another episode of the Sirens Podcast. Today we're doing another Cryptids Unscripted. We have in the studio with us today, of course, me, Raven Rollins. And, well, it wouldn't be the show without Simon Vaughn, since he's the host of this (laughs) segment. We also have Jean Grey and a special guest from Santa, maybe a criminal. It's Jason! Hello! Happy holidays. So we're going to talk about some... We're going to talk about Mothman today. Yeah, we're going to talk about Mothman. Um, well, let's do it. First of all, a couple of things. Okay. Uh, previously, we discussed Skinwalkers on the show. Uh, we did. Skinwalkers and Mothman uh, complete kind of what's known, uh, kind of a subculture triumvirate in cryptozoological circles. There are three, There, uh, there's a big three when it comes to cryptids, and you'll find a lot of other cryptids tend to get lumped in with them but this is a modern thing that you see and when i'm saying that it's a when i say it's a, a big 3 it's more of a big 3 in the public zeitgeist and less actually in any form of anthropological or cryptozoological uh, research okay those big 3 include of course any form of shape changer right okay mothman and bigfoot Okay. There's a reason for this, too. Those basically constitute the, in that order, the magical, the potentially extra-dimensional, and then the just strange, big, honking animal. Okay. And those are the three, that's the animal, vegetable, mineral of looking into cryptids, okay? <laughs> okay. Is you have, you deal with something that is uh, supernatural versus paranormal versus that's a big damn raccoon. Okay. That's 
That's cryptids in a nutshell. And today we're hitting number two on that list. One of the most popular cryptids of all time, especially in American cryptid subculture, the Mothman. The Mothman. <laughs> so, before we get into this, though, I would personally, like, because this is cool, there's actually people here. There's people here. <laughs> it's not just me this time. Um, I would like to know, what do uh, what do you all know in your own in your own ways, what what is the Mothman to you? Oh, <laughs> there was a movie. There, there is there was always a, movie. a test. <laughs> there was a movie. Jason, what do you know about the Mothman? Yeah, fire away, guest. Uh, you know, I, I I did see the movie, the Mothman Prophecies, and it yeah. was based on a book, right? Yes. Um, uh, what I know is like a, it was like a six foot ish or more. Two red eyes, um, kind of like Rudolph's nose. Yes. Um, yes. Actually, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, that it had it, it's sort of a uh, a creature that arrives around like a time where there is going to be a tragedy, like a harbinger of doom. Oh, so you know more than I do. I don't know anything. Is that, that is, I, mean, I, I think I thought right. it was is just there right? to warn people. No, that yeah. isn't. That's an excellent. Uh, that's an excellent thing to bring up because yes, the harbinger aspect of the Mothman is one of the reasons that it has persisted in the in the cryptid lexicon here for so long. Wow. And also that really awful movie with Richard Gere is the other reason that it got popular. I liked again. that movie, okay? That, look, that movie is nowhere near as weird as the actual accounts of the Mothman, okay? The, the mind yep. control aspect is what, what did it for me. Mind the, control? That was is, there a oh, mind in the movie? Yeah. It's in the movie, and oh, that is a thing like, that was literally invented in the movie okay, and has great. nothing to do nothing with the Nothing to do with this. I'm See, that's gonna, why we're here today. No, the, yeah. Learn. Yeah. the director of that movie himself has, has stated, oh, over and over and over again, I just made a movie off of a well, creepy situation, and I didn't realize that people <laughs> really have a lot of love for this thing in a weird way. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I mostly That's just fine. watched that movie to, to put myself to sleep at night. Well, so I don't really pay heavily attention to it. The two best parts of that movie are the opening scene where they vaguely show the Mothman yes. attacking him and his wife. I do remember that. And then the end of the movie when he goes out to the TNT plant right. and has a freak out, uh, has a has a flip out paranormal moment where everything goes black and white and really screws with him. Hmm. That those are the best parts of the movie that are probably the closest linked to the actual Mothman mythos. Okay. The rest of the movie is just oddly trying to not look like you're making fun of the people of West Virginia. Okay. So Hollywood being Hollywood. Kind oh. of, yeah. It, like, at least they tried. But, it, like, the truth of the matter is, people in Point Pleasant are some of the least worst people in America. I they're like they're to, pretty great, actually. I think I'd like to visit yeah. Point Pleasant. That Absolutely. Oh, no, like a there's, cool a, there's another reason for that that you should. That sounds cool. Give me a sec. Let me tuck my Adjusting. unruly... Yeah, tuck okay. my unruly <laughs> hair out of my face here so first and foremost we talked about skinwalkers last time we talked about one of the more interesting things when you told me to start up this show mm -hmm. and everything one of the things that i adore about the supernatural and the paranormal is of course myths legends lore how old stories are and can any modern reportings of a cryptid be linked to older stories and anthropological research right that's the most fascinating thing right to get that well out of the way as far as being a conspiracy nut goes my personal favorite conspiracy is that is the ancient life conspiracy i 
personally love the concept of a lot of people call it the Atlantean idea, but it's just the idea that there's other that other sentient beings have been on this planet longer than humanity. All right. That's my personal favorite. So that's why it's fun to link all these things in the past. Yeah. So here's the deal here's with Mothman. Okay. We're getting into it. Here we go. It's one of the reasons why it. when you said, I want to do Mothman and everything. Okay. I think it's interesting. Oh, no, no. It's just, there's a reason I made the face that I made. <laughs> <laughs> there is one singular problem with the Mothman mythos, and we're going to get this out of the way okay. right now. The Mothman is literally every myth. Oh. It, every? It's every myth? spooky myth. Are you referring in, in to culture. how dragon refers like wrapped to up a into lot of one the great piece? predators of our ancient primate? No, I'm referring to going back to just about every proto culture in humanity. Oh. Has a mythological creature with a blankish face that is oh. lumbering, lur- uh, lurching, has something wrong with its head, and can po- and can probably fly. Oof. Okay. There's a reason that humans are scared of an image of a dead-eyed thing with an open mouth or a faceless being Ew. that something is glowing. Yeah. See, you just that's, got you just got the heebie-jeebies by me just my... basically describing it. Yeah, that's one of my. That's things. one of yours and most <laughs> of humanity's things. Okay, barring tremendous psychological issues that get people on the other part of the uh, the other part of your podcast. Right. <laughs> so, Mothman. First and foremost, the creature that was originally seen back in the day wasn't even called Mothman. Okay. The Ooh. moth part of it literally came around from... So, the term Mothman wasn't even coined by the people of Point Pleasant at all. Well, where did it come from? A newspaper writer, a, a journalist. What? From, uh, I can't, I'll have to double check, but I cannot remember. He wasn't, uh, he was either well, from, he was either from Ohio or he was from West Virginia. That checks out because as we've seen, journalists and newspapers are really good at naming things. Mm-hmm. It, like serial killers, un, you know, UFOs, whatever they oh, think. Oh yeah. So. Well, that's also a huge part of the Mothman legacy in the first place. Uh, mo- speaking of which, most of the information that I've drawn from today, besides basic uh, besides basic information on the internet, pop culture icons and other things, come from a variety of sources, including uh, the movie Mothman Legacy, which uh, is a do- oh, which I is, didn't get to watch. It's that. Okay. okay, it's just it's a documentary that was made by uh, the people who uh, it's made with the people who run the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, who go through who talk about all of the major sightings and everything else like that. Uh, it's a really good documentary. It kind of presents the information the way that we like to, in the idea of be skeptical or be or be believable. We're just going to talk about the weird stuff. Okay. Is that available somewhere? Like, is it like on, on Prime? Or? It's yeah. on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay. Prime. He gave Great. me homework, and I did not do it. <laughs> I'll also be referencing, uh, pulling from a book called Monsters of West Virginia, Monsters of West Virginia by Miss Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Uh, Miss Guiley has appeared on numerous cryptid, paranormal, and supernatural documentaries and everything. She is uh, uh, quite the researcher when it comes to supernatural things. She's also really fun to read because she uh, she approaches all of this from the... She's definitely, a, she's definitely a molder. She's not a scully. Okay. She's She approaches this from a perspective of genuinely believing in 
a higher level of paranormal than most people do. Okay. Uh, Ms. Guiley is absolutely an extra-dimensionalist. She believes in rifts in reality that uh, allow cryptids to come walking through. Okay. Which is something that will come up in every one of these things yeah. that we ever talk <laughs> okay. about, just to let you know. Yeah, okay? I figured. Can I ask a quick question? Fire away! Um, so you said that, that um, the term Mothman was coined by a, a journalist. How soon after the event did that occur was this that give me a or, or you might get to that and then i apologize if no, i don't know it's okay that, this is actually a great time to bring that up here probably after at least a couple of incidents i would think it was after about a couple of i want to say it was about a week or so i don't have the exact dates on that when it happened okay. um but it was a reporter and it was in uh it was a reporter it looks like yeah, it was it actually was an anonymous editor. It's not oh, actually really? a person who oh, could wow. be found. Somebody just started calling it the Mothman, and it caught on. Because here's the thing: to get into this, we need to get into once again the history. Okay. West Virginia, first and foremost. West Virginia, my mama. But Go. In, anywho, <laughs> West Virginia. Uh, in okay, every country has their place, their thing, their dark spot that has weird weird things and a higher than normal level of paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. America has an entire state. Oh. And that is West Virginia. Okay. West Virginia is one of the is one of the absolute hot spots of paranormal and cryptid activity. I want to ask Jason where where are you from, Jason? I'm I'm in Georgia. You're in Georgia. I'm from, okay. I was born I in Alabama, that. but I'm but I'm from I, I live in Georgia. Okay. Skunk Cave yeah, territory. Okay, so we're we're yes. both kind of out of our comfort zones here with West Virginia. Okay. Well, here's yeah. the thing: West Virginia is a fascinating state, uh, to the point going back yet again. There is no old myth in America that does not have something to do with Native Americans. Right. By the way, mm-hmm. West Virginia was another place with where local tribes uh, largely considered to be off limits. Okay. It was considered, uh, in so many terms, spooky. Yeah. It was a. It was in some in some cultures. It was sacred. Other places, it was forbidden. It was not okay. Okay. Hmm. The only thing that was uh, that pe- that they would do there was largely hunt, but there weren't a lot of tribal communities there. We ran into that with the um, the skinwalkers as yes. well. Yes. Um, uh, well, because I mean, nobody wanted to live in Oklahoma. Well, Even yeah. the people who lived here first. Okay. Yeah. Nobody wanted to live here, <laughs> but. So, West Virginia has been a hotspot of paranormal activity going as far back as verbal tradition in Native American history. Okay. To the point of, we've got some of the oldest ones in West Virginia. We've got fireballs in the sky. We've got apparitions. We've got strange wailings. And most importantly, giant creatures. Okay. Giant creatures. Now, I'm going to say a word that's going to make everybody in this room probably giggle. No, no. But when you look into cryptid stuff, you got to get used to goofy names. Okay. There is an there. I know you've all heard of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Have any of you ever heard of Big Hoot? Okay, <laughs> so I have not heard of Big Hoot. However, I have heard of Mothman described as a giant owl man. There's a reason why. Okay. Because shortly before the Mothman sightings, and then also hundreds of years before the Mothman sightings, four hundreds of years leading up to the Mothman sightings, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, most of the northern states there in uh, the northern Appalachian areas 
have been reporting gigantic birds for well over... Right. Well over 600 years. So like the Thunderbird. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thunderbirds. I was about to say, like, I think New Mexico has a Thunderbird. But also giant flying reptiles. (laughs) Potential uh, (laughs) potential living dinosaurs. (laughs) Pennsylvania is famous for for a a, uh, pterodactyl pterodactyl. uh, uh, reportedly being found in the late 1800s. I want uh, to believe. (laughs) (laughs) That's Gene's cup of tea. (laughs) But the other issue is going before this and around the exact same time, there were notable observations of a what was called a large bird man. Okay. In Ohio and Pennsylvania. Okay. West Virginia had reported giant birdmen for years. Ooh. The natives reported giant birdmen. And we're like for years. This is like way, way back in time. Way okay. the hell back. Okay. Just way back. This is a thing. A giant winged humanoid, or at least man sized bird abomination have been noticed in the West Virginia area and most of the Ohio River Basin for the last four to five hundred years. Wow. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's way that longer is, than crazy. the 60s where we're, you know. <laughs> now, this is where things get fun. Have any of you ever seen, like, just seen a really good picture of a giant crane? Um, they look, um, from afar, the way that they fly, they, they can be mistaken for a pterodactyl. Or a type of. Well, it's not even just that. Actually, the tail was shown to be a misre- uh, misread fossil. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay. Pterodactyls uh, do not actually possess giant tails. I guess that would make sense. They wouldn't necessarily. Need now the smaller like fe- the smaller feathered ones did. Right. Okay. But anyway, the greater adjutant crane. Okay. It's a stork, actually, not a crane. My apologies, because storks are bigger than cranes. Those are the ones that deliver babies. Uh, no, these are the ones <laughs> the that eat, eat your children. Oh. Uh, this is a creature. Crane people are going to be mad. Good Lord have mercy. So this is That's a creature. Proof. That's That dinosaur is walking on. Oh, yeah, I've seen so, that before. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. You see that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, bright. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I, so, I can see it. So this is a creature that was actually... Uh, a several Wait, how big is that one? Oh, those things uh, right there can get up to... And they're to like tall as me, right? Five foot six. Okay, wow. that's... Yeah, it precisely wow. tall they, as me. <laughs> they, at, they, usually, uh, they usually peter out at about four foot nine. Oh, wow. But their wingspan is eight to nine feet wide. Holy poop. Wow. The Mothman is most notoriously reported as being roughly uh, roughly seven foot tall humanoid Holy with a ten crap. foot wingspan. That's huge. It's very big, is the idea that here. That is a big um, There are several... Big. Now, the fun thing about it, though, is that you go over the different sightings of the Mothman, and this is one of the biggest discrepancies in the depiction of the Mothman, as to whether or not it has a head. Oh, um, okay. Sorry? <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, the, this is a big discrepancy. Even the statue in Point Pleasant that's near the Mothman Museum, the giant metal abomination that has a really nice ba- a really nice butt. Um, <laughs> listen, man, sculptors are weird because when, every, important when you're shaping that clay, there's only so many ways that you can this cup is, that hand. Okay? This, is what some, this is what people need to hear about. Well, hey, listen, listen. Yes, this want, is what the listeners are here for. You want to get people into cryptids, you make them thick as hell. That's how you do it, okay? Sex it's the truth. It absolutely. Sex but oh, here's man. the here's the thing. There are numerous accounts of the Mothman having a head and not having a head. That's hmm. so strange. It is incredibly strange when you hear it like that. Now, let's talk about birds for just a second. Birds. How many birds tuck their head in? 
all. Oh, I didn't. Even at think least about all that. of them. Yeah, at well, least all of them. At least. <laughs> Whenever a bird is resting or sitting or standing or what have you, especially yeah. here in Oklahoma, we have herons yeah. that are like itty bitty baby cranes. Well, owls do that too. Some of them tuck owls do them. that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Big hoot, as I was referring Big to hoot. it, is another old myth in the Americas. Big hoots are basically that's the category for gigantic birds okay. in crypto in cryptozoological research. Okay. Just big hoots. Big All hoots of them are big hoots. Well, big hoots also include bird men. Okay. And there okay. was a pervasive myth of a giant owl man running through Ohio and Pennsylvania. Well, and I, as I was thinking, like as you were saying that, I was thinking like it makes sense that this goes way, way, way back because I think we talked about this before uh, this recording, but like Egyptian gods. Um, you know, stuff like that. Shamanism, animism, and the general pervasive belief of the spirit are a major part of all human protocultures. This goes all the way back to our oldest myths and legends that we have. One of the oldest known demons in human mythology from the rhyme of Gilgamesh is Humbaba. Humbaba is the image that you see in the exorcist used for Pazuzu. Oh, right. Right. It is the primate-shaped face with the wings. Right. Grayish, stony body. Yeah. Pazuzu. Okay. okay. Humbaba. The Mothman. Yeah. There, this is a myth that exists in some of the oldest cultures. The Mothman has been likened to Garuda in the Ramayana in Hindu, in Hindu mythology. Okay. Garuda being the friend-slash-mount of, of uh, Shiva, Right. Okay. It takes on the form of either a gigantic bird, and he has been depicted as a greater adjutant uh, stork before, Ooh. or an eagle. Okay. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> okay, just the basic, like, it's all weird, yo. It's all it's, weird. It's going to get weirder. Let's talk about some of the major points. The main points of the Mothman, the weirdest thing about this, it's very similar to the great, it's very similar to the uh, historical accounts of piracy and everything. It actually didn't happen very long. Oh, okay. It's not a long thing. Okay. The original major parts of these, uh, it was basically a less than a year. Really? From a period of night from 1966 to 19. We're talking about the actual. We're, we're talking about the actual okay. original major things that would come to name this creature Mothman. Okay. 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 Sorry, bad transition on my part. But from from what years? It's technically only a one year and one month. What? From like November fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, to December uh, to the Silver Bridge uh, collapse. Wow. I guess which major... was the six? Was that the fifteenth or the sixteenth? I think it was the sixteenth. Uh, November fifteenth and November twentieth. But the Silver Bridge disaster was December fifteenth. Oh, okay. Nineteen sixty-seven. Okay. There's so much on this because just like the UFO explosion of the fifties and sixties, right? The Mothman is an absolute bonkers situation that blew up in popularity. Then a lot of people died, and everybody stopped talking about it until the seventies again. The dates that would come up with the Mothman, or the dates of the events that would basically be tied to what we know of it's the Mothman. It's all within that, that it's year. It's all within that one year. Okay. So um, there's really, I mean, you can just start and, like, I know that with 
the true crime stuff. I'm usually like, give me the exact date. Okay. And you don't have to. Okay. We know that it's within As long that as year. we're on the same page, because <laughs> okay, yeah. I was about to tell you, no. there is no way <laughs> no, that I can that. do this and keep this in a timely manner because of the sheer I, amount. I think it's just, it's important in true crime, but you know. Oh no, in for, true crime? This, absolutely. In public hysteria tied to a yeah. boogan or some crazy yeah. thing in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. No. So yeah, we're, we're going to just, we've narrowed it down. And we're going to we'll start. Go we're going to start with the first, okay. the most important one that is largely considered the most valid sighting. Okay. Now there is one, and it might be this one, the only one that I've actually heard of. Is this the couple in the car? Yes. Okay. Okay. This is the. This is the, the first. This one is I've considered the first legitimate sighting. Okay. okay. Uh, all of this, by the way, centers around a facility that is outside of the city of Point Pleasant called the. West Virginia Ordnance Works. It is. Okay. It was an abandoned and retired uh, munitions plant for the government in World War II. Yeah, I think <laughs> right. Mothman is influencing. This I think this is what's happening. Well, right now. I mean, he is known to be able to mess with radio waves. <gasps> really? He doesn't want us talking okay. about him. Yes, that is a that is a thing. Are we summoning the Mothman right now? We're doing it. We're doing it right now. If you believe in the Mothman, say Mothman moth, five you, times. No, that's can, that's Candyman. Oh, I thought that was Bloody Mary. <laughs> This is it, why you're it's here, the same story. Simon. <laughs> so, all right. So, we're going to talk about what is considered to be the most rational and legitimate finding. Okay. It all starts with the West Virginia Ordnance Works, which is outside the city of Point Pleasant. It is an abandoned muni- uh, munitions dump and factory for World War II. Okay. Uh, it was abandoned shortly thereafter in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, it but it was also known, this is another part of the mythos, it was known as a place that polluted the ever-loving crap out of the surrounding groundwater oh, no. and ground. Because mm-hmm. to make uh, to make TNT, it's known as the TNT plant by anybody right. who lives there. To make any form of explosive ordnance uses some pretty dangerous chemicals. Yeah. Nitric yeah. acid being one of the least damaging ones. Okay. Our most important people here are two couples, as a matter of fact. Okay. There were four people in the car. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Okay, I had only it heard w- of the, the, the two. The two who, because they're the ones who were mostly interviewed and were willing to be public about this. Because okay. don't forget, this is the 60s right. in Appalachia right. in a tiny town. Yeah. That meant one of two things. Either the devil had possession of you. Right. Or yeah. you were drunk or you were goofy on the reefer cigarettes. Yeah. That's what it meant if you yeah. said something like this. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet. Okay. These are the uh, these are the four people who were involved in the original sighting. They were out uh, they were out for the evening driving around the mountains like you do when you live in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, it was very popular back in the backwoods days, and most of us from backwoods communities ourselves can uh, can relate to this. Mm-hmm. People would largely go out to the abandoned TNT plant to. Make out. Yeah, right. that, yeah, that checks, checks out. out. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. Aha! <laughs> but um, the other thing that people will do is go screw with people who are trying to get it on. Oh, well, These yeah. four talked about doing something that was pretty regularly, call, regularly called chasing parkers. In other words, you'd go out there and holler at people and heckle at them uh. and then chase them away and everything. Standard standard redneck behavior. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. It it hurts. Before it hurts, technology, doesn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. it hurts to relate because I read that passage and was like, oh, 
Yeah. Small towns. Small towns. Yeah. Um, what can you do? So the thing is, the two couples arrived at the plant, and as they were going through it, they went through one of the main gates to, because people would go hide out by what's called the igloos. The igloos were giant storage domes where they would store massive amounts of TNT, other explosive ordnance, chemicals, things like that, and they're still standing to this day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Upon turning around one of the igloos, they saw, and there was no beating around the bush with this report, they saw what appeared to be a seven-foot-tall winged gray humanoid that was of a thin but muscular build with large hands and red eyes, which appeared to sprout from the creature's shoulders as if it had no definable head. Okay, so that was something I was going to ask you, number one. Mm-hmm. I have heard of it two different, described two different ways. One, it has just wings. And then the other is that it has wings and also human arms. Yes. Okay. So both of those are correct. <laughs> for for philosophical matters referring to human discrepancies and reporting, refer yeah. to the Salem witch trials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but these four people described they described the it exact as thing. That. Okay. They described it as that, with okay. large wings that later on, uh, the her, it was Linda Scarberry is the only one who would addend uh, the appearance. Hmm. She would say that it, upon later thinking, it wasn't that it had a grayish body, that it had grayish wings, that its body was kind of, kind of flesh-colored. Oh, okay. Okay? Okay. But that but- the wings were ashy. They did not describe it as insect as insect-like. Okay, at all. but did they? But is it like, like skin-like? Like you would think of a bat? Leathery. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because okay. the other weird thing is, this is why it's so hard uh, to actually put down a legitimate image of the Mothman. One of the biggest details, and this will ha- this happens with every report of the Mothman. Nobody ever reported hearing the Mothman flap its wings. Weird. No one has ever reported even feeling wind from it. Silent, like an owl. Exactly. (gasps) Or large. If you've ever been around a large beast of a large uh, bird of prey, whenever they are diving, or if you see one, you will not hear them. Especially if they're an. Especially if they're a nocturnal hunter like owls. Yeah. They are soft gliders. You cannot hear them descending. I watched a a strange video where it compared the flying of a, a pigeon, a hawk. And an owl, and you literally could like with like really high tech, yeah, um, audit, audit, audio, audio, whatever recording devices, and you could not hear the owl at all. Diving creature, yeah. diving birds especially, the way just the aerodynamics of their wings when they go into an actual dive and a glide, uh, it creates little to no drag. Wow! So they just smoothly and quietly dra- uh, just glide through the air, huh. and you can't really hear them. Interesting. Okay. It doesn't create that nice little sonic bubble of friction mm-hmm. around them the same that a hard the same way that a hard thing moving through air does. Yeah. Because their feathers largely diffuse the air and it disrupts that bubble. Okay. If it has feathers. It right. Yeah. Yeah. So they descri- they're the their first description of the Mothman had it without a definable head. They described that its eyes were roughly two to three inches wide. Whoa. Like I said, at which wow. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. About this. Jeez. Okay. So, two to three inches wide. Uh, okay, that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> it is, especially when there's not a head and there appears to be two glowing things coming from its shoulders. Now, yeah. when they saw it, this is the interesting part, too. 
They claimed to see it struggling. It was stuck on something. It had a wing caught in a guide wire that was attached to one of the buildings. Really? Which happens to birds a lot. Yeah. Birds get thrown off by guide wires attached to towers, uh, poles, other things like that. And a lot, unless it's a really long one that is vibrating in the wind, birds typically will just run into them. Yeah. This one got its wing caught is what they said. Uh, they claimed to see it struggling to free one of its wings caught in a guide wire. The couples were sent into an immediate panic because, and I, this is, this is where a lot of the ideas of, oh, it actually has psychic crazy powers came from. They were just immediately like mesmerized by this thing and Mm -hmm. were intensely terrified. Question for the audience. If you turned a corner and saw a seven foot tall, angry gray bird man going fuck with its wing, (laughs) would your first reaction be to question the validity of reality or shit your pants and run the other way? Probably the second. I want to say the former, but we all know. Oh, yeah, we all know. Round the corner. Nope. And you nope out of there. That's what happens. So. They immediately were sent into a panic, and they wit- before they could turn the car around, though, the, uh, they did witness the creature free itself, then stumble towards the plant's generator facility, which is identifiable. You can look up the ge- you can see the generator facility if you go there even still today. With now this is where it gets important, one of the key details of this description, walking with a shuffling gait. Shuffling like not like picking not up picking its legs. Up. Yes. Okay. Like. Hmm. The number one way that people describe this, when they the other people who saw it, well, you're actually not wrong. A lot of people, when they describe, a lot of the other sightings of the Mothman would. This is one of the few unifying factors of the Mothman sightings. It walked as if its legs were not its primary forms of movement. I mean, yeah, the way like a pteranodon might have walked, the way that a penguin walks, the way that an owl walks. Which, incidentally, have you ever seen what an owl looks like when its legs are extended? Even yeah, it's a little weird. Have you ever seen what an owl looks like when its legs are extended? Yeah, it looks friggin' horrifying. Don't they have deceivingly long legs? Their legs are as long as their torso. Oh, Owl's wow. legs are at, their yeah. legs are actually more akin, they're actually uh, more akin physically to like a uh, to like a heron or a crane. Wow, their yeah. legs are wow. incredibly long. They're just for their bodies. and it's weird looking because yeah. they're all poofy and they're big so around. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're legs. very skinny and I wearing think I've pants. Seen that, where yeah. Someone it's, has yeah. it and they lifted it. In. That's the other thing, though. When I, when an owl stands up when it's threatened, you can't necessarily see the normal digitigrade bending of their legs. Right. You can't see the chicken bend. Because right. their legs go almost straight. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to Google owls w- trying to walk. Like, that's something that... <laughs> well, when any bird it's, tries to it's walk, crazy. It's, it, it's hilarious. Yes. Okay? It's yeah. a, unless the, unless, unless uh, terrestrial travel is their primary means of conveyance, like a chicken, okay, you're going to see birds do this, doot, 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 Now, is that because they don't right. blink or they have to... There's something to do with their auditory... Or not, I think it has to do with visual. they predominantly spend their time flying. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, except for chickens. Except chicken, for chickens. Chickens are just dumb. Only in my dreams. <laughs> hey, chickens, I've seen are, chickens are adorable. Before, I don't think you. people believe me. So, But here we okay, are, talking so, about yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on from here. Roger and Linda reported immediately leaving the area at high speed near route, the old Route 62 highway uh, to get back to town, but found the creature again atop a nearby hill as they were, as they were leaving. It got itself free. They jumped in one vehicle and took off? 
they when it got itself free, they were already in the process of trying to of turn running. their car around. Okay, okay. That's when they saw it slip into the generator room. Oh, tear assing back around and getting to the highway, they say they saw the creature again perched on wow. a hill as if it had basically teleported like there. Poofed over there. So it, it was just there. Wasn't trying to follow them. It was trying to retreat. Is that what I'm understanding? No. Uh, of course, with this one, they were reporting that it was following them. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. That it originally it ran away into a room, and then when they left, it, it was it was there. As was, they were driving okay. away, it oh, was just okay. there. They okay. could see it on a hill right next to the road, Creepy. adopting its other most famous pose. There's two poses of the Mothman that you'll see everybody draw and all the uh, from the original sightings and everything. Mm-hmm. It's the one of it looming with its wings kind of out, either with arms or without, yeah, and just glaring. And the other one is with it hunkered down like a giant owl. Okay, I've seen that. With one. its wings wrapped around its body, yeah, its I've legs tucked one. in, and its eyes just looking. That was oh, the yeah, creepiest right. one. <laughs> this is the one that they saw right there. But as soon as they illuminated it with their headlights it immediately spread its wings to full width of 10 feet and took flight straight into the air and then towards them. How were they measuring this size? Like, how were they like, oh my God, that's 10 feet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, no, no. Sorry. No, welcome to, welcome to skeptical, uh, welcome to skeptical analysis of the paranormal. Okay. okay. <laughs> so let's do this. Uh, how do you correctly report that fish you almost caught? It was this many. Well, yeah, you're not wrong <laughs> when you use your hands. So There's also a problem with the human eye. Yeah. The actual relation of what you understand to be a length visually is different than what the actual length is. Like traffic lights. You know how huge those things yeah, are? Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's a chance that the Mothman is much smaller because it was actually a lot closer than they thought, right. or there's a chance that it was actually way bigger because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was farther away, Weird. if you want to get really creepy with it. But the stranger part about this is how they discussed that it was perched. When the headlights hit it, it unfurled its wings, and then it just effortlessly glided towards them. Wow. It took off into the air. They could not identify a flapping. Now, have any of you ever seen what an eagle or a condor or a vulture look like when it fall glides. Yes. They just yeah. They just open their wings and fall forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really flapping. Now but usually they're at a really high altitude. Like they're much higher than what see, I assume that's the that thing. would be. I have no idea how tall this hill is. Okay. And there's no way okay. to relate that either unless you go right. to unless you go to Point Pleasant and take the tour. I mean you could try <laughs> so, to look at it on Google Earth, but you still probably wouldn't whether I did. No. Oh you Okay. And there, there are no markers or it's anything really, okay. that actually specifically identify the hill they were referring to. Right, okay. okay. Now, like I said, though, you can go on the tours, and they will point it out to you. That was le- they was specifically identified by Roger and Linda and later on wow. a, a county deputy. Okay. So as soon as it was illuminated, it took off. At this point, Roger Scarberry reported that he friggin' floored it. And he was driving a 57 uh, Chevy, I believe, uh, which those particular vehicles, uh, all almost all of the 50s Fords and Chevys were largely eight-cylinder engines and absolutely could tear ass at about 100 miles per hour. That is not unbelievable. Okay. He reported that he was keeping it between 100 and 110. Wow. And that the creature was mm. able to keep up with them. Oh, wow. Like next to their vehicle? No, on top <gasps> of their vehicle. 
He could not shake the creature despite turning through. This is not a straight path back to Point Pleasant. Despite turning through numerous areas, the creature effortlessly kept speed with the car, by the way. So, like, this is like high, like, adrenaline. I think I'm going to freaking die. This was probably. This is the legitimate side. This is the sighting. Okay. This is the initial sighting of these people. That's insane. It's not one of those, I turned a corner and saw a thing, and it was a monster and everything. It was literally, this thing was on top of my car! Yeah, we saw it, we saw it, we kept seeing it. It followed us, we saw it. So, yeah, that's pretty It followed them for a while, okay? Because they all reported that the creature banged down upon the car three times during the drive. And this is where it gets really friggin' creepy. As if it wasn't already. All the while making a chittering sound. <laughs> like chittering. a mouse. Chittering? Squeak. You know, chittering. what other creatures? What is chittering? Like it said, they they would only report, yeah, like a mouse squeak. <laughs> wow. Have you ever heard a bird chitter? Well, yeah, but birds are cute. <laughs> yeah, owls do that. <laughs> they like, do their little beak yeah. thing. When owls they also make sounds that sound like you shoved a rabbit in a garbage disposal. Oh, my God. Gosh. Yeah. Owls are horrifying whenever you're not when you're not waiting for it when you're not Screech. expecting it. Hence the screeching yeah. swan they owl. They can hear this sound <laughs> they while can going hear that the chittering. fast. Now the reason I pre- I specify the chittering is okay. really really creepy. Okay, this is where now up until this point you've all been seeing like, like I've been dropping major hints of the big hoot of the giant bird and the bird man and everything right. else in this case, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, until we get to this part. Okay, getting back to town. They uh, they did not stop. The creature itself peeled off from them when the lights of Point Pleasant were finally in view. Okay. The creature peeled off. They couldn't see it. So it was like, I'm not going into town. They saw it one last time before getting into town because to get back into town from there, you pass by the Ohio River flood wall. Oh. And that's where they saw it in its final stance of its traditional pose of being furled and just looking at them. Yet again, it was just suddenly on top of a place in front of them before they could leave, before they could get back into town, just watching them this time. They pulled up to a local, what, uh, it's a restaurant chain that no longer exists except in two, except for two places in America, one in Texas and one in Wisconsin nowadays, but it was called Dairyland. It was basically a, a like a burger and ice cream place. Like a Dairy Lou? Kind of. Uh, very, like a whip dip? Uh, very much so. <laughs> Anybody like, know what the fuck I'm talking about? I do. Get out of here, Ada. I've eaten the Hercules burger, thank you. I know I know what it is. But anyway, uh, at this point, they had a dilemma. Besides having to check their having to check their britches. Well, I'm sure everything. it was do I report this and sound like a crazy exactly. person? Do or... I report this? Do because there's four of them also thinking about yeah. even though like nowadays, if four human beings witness something friggin' nuts, you can bet your ass they're gonna report it immediately. Yeah, right. Back then, this is the 60s in Appalachia. No, you don't. It doesn't matter. All four of them would be ostracized. Yeah. But at this point, they decided. They'd have been labeled like a crazy Satan sex cult or something. Exactly. (laughs) So thinking about that and everything, what do you think the decision would be? What would be the decision to make? They would probably wait. Well. I would guess. Like they would probably, it'd be one of those things like, why didn't you report this sooner? Well, yeah, everybody says that about everything, well, but then... think worse, though. They didn't do it at all. When you are when you live in a culture that you, are, like, you can't go tell anything without people destroying you publicly, yeah. what do you need? 
Well, you support, need evidence. You need proof. Yeah. Okay. That too. Mm-hmm. So they went evidence. back. What? No, they did oh, not. Wow. They did. Why would they? What? They decided no. <laughs> in their haste and still adrenalized to turn back around to try to go find some kind of proof or evidence or at least prove to themselves that they had witnessed what did they, they saw. Did they like at least take oh, a wow, camera or something with them? They did not. Oh my gosh. I can tell you right now, was, this was not reported. What's the plan here, this guys? Was not, this was not reported, but this was the 60s in uh, Appalachia. There were probably at least three guns in that car. Okay. You, uh, when you're walking oh, around the Appalachian Mountains, just number one thing there uh, in that particular uh, time period, you had to watch out for very angry bobcats. Well, yeah. I mean, you, it's everybody, just like living in Oklahoma. Everybody had a shotgun uh, mm-hmm. just for general purpose out there. Okay, you, you live had, in the backwoods. you got to protect yourself. Exactly. But regardless, there was no, there's never a mention of any firearms or anything wow, okay. in, the, in this report. They did decide to turn around to go try well, to get this. So they wouldn't be... They wouldn't be uh, ostracized as being drunks. I wouldn't tell anyone, even if I had a firearm, I would never have reported that part. Because no, <laughs> I wouldn't want somebody to be like, oh, well, they turned around to chase who knows what yeah. with some guns. Yeah, that's how shit goes real wrong. However, <laughs> they fail in going back. What? Halfway there, they uh, all cooled off and were like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> <laughs> and when they stopped the car and turned around to come back to town, no. they drove back a mile, uh, just uh, uh, it was about a mile, basically, on the way back to town. And they stopped because now in the middle of the road is a large dog carcass that was not there when they drove back out. Oh, no. And it's there. And according to not one Fido. of them, uh, according to one of them. Okay, uh, one of the witnesses, un- it's unsure as to which one of them, though, but it definitely was one of these four said this. Who knows if they said it in their haste or whatever. As they passed the carcass, the creature was there behind uh, shrubs on the side of the road oh, no. and leapt up and flew back over the car again. That's the moment Ooh, when you they... you just gave me chills. That's the moment when they said, <laughs> screw it. That's the moment when they went back to town. That's the moment when they chain, when they went ahead and uh, reported it to the police. And it gets weirder from there. Great. Give me goosebumps. See, the first one is the most important one here. This is one of the, this is one of the ones that has the most information on it. Okay. okay? The rest are all lar- largely little sightings here and there and some genuinely scary ones. But uh, shortly after this... They went and they uh, they did finally decide to notify the police. They told their story to one Deputy Millard Halstead. Halstead took them seriously because they were not, they didn't smell of booze. They were not acting completely irrational. These were four, this is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. But these are four people who, there is no reason to think these people were just suddenly goofy. Right. Well, good for you, Halstead. Yeah, he like, he documented it as they their fright seemed absolutely genuine, so he took it seriously. He got into his car, and the two vehicles went back to the TNT plant. He and the he and the witnesses, mm. they all went back together. Okay. At least so they could point to what they were talking about. Okay. The dog's body was missing. <gasps> what? Uh-oh. There was no sign of the creature when they went there. Oh, no, but I'm, ha- I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they even like, did they look and see where it was tangled they at, did. and like there was Nothing. everything was totally fine. There's, there is something that's left behind. Oh no. Okay, but the body of the dog was missing. There was no sign of the red-eyed monster. But when Millard turned, when Deputy Millard turned on his police radio to report on where he'd gone, don't say it. 
You're a strange garbled sound no! screeched out at high volume as though someone were playing a tape recorder at fast forward speed. Oh, oh wow. the garbling. Oh, wow. Now, I can tell you from being an EMS that if your radio is on, it can squelch. Yeah. It can sound really, really frightening all of a sudden. Yeah. Not fast forwarded. No. No. Not yeah. like uh, not like something chittering. Oh, I don't like chittering. Yep. <laughs> That's why I use that word. <laughs> I hate it. So Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> this was the very first major sighting of what would become known as the Mothman. Now, from here... Okay, so this was reported. Like, he took their report and went out there and looked and... Mm -hmm. So this is officially reported. The final part of this was Linda and Roger Scarberry were so rattled by this, they could not sleep at all. Uh, Linda Linda especially had trouble sleeping for days, actually. The next day, the couples went back during daylight... And they did not find anything around the wire. They didn't find anything uh, around where they saw the creature jumping around. But they did find very strange footprints that looked like two horseshoes put together. Two horseshoes oh, wow. put together. But smooth. But So not like a human foot. Not but like not necessarily foot. like a bird foot. So Unless those two bird feet were, sta- were stuck together They're or were standing together. This is speculated to be one of the reasons why that reporter would later on call it the Mothman. Oh, dun dun dun! Interesting. Okay, that makes more sense. So oh, it kind of okay. so it, it looks like an yep. X. If you put a horseshoe um, turned up and then a horseshoe turned down mm-hmm. next to each other, it's like yeah. a weird. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Which absolutely can look like insect feet. Yeah, yeah. But I've it can never... also look like bird feet, depending yeah. on where it is. I can't tell. They're moths so have, little. <laughs> moths have, uh, at the very end of their little feet, they've got... Uh, little feelers? Uh, no, they've got two little hooks. Oh, okay. On the end of their little di- on their little uh, doodle bop oh down here. God. That makes it sound feet. cute. Yeah. cute but when moths. they're eight Those feet tall. Those are the ones tall. in the horse catchers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad. So, okay. Right. okay, this was the first major sighting of the Mothman, and oh, I forgot to mention. I'm so sorry. I, I'm I'm terrible at this. Uh, I forgot to mention. So you remember that dog uh-huh. that was talked about yeah. in the Scarberries when they went back? Uh-huh. The dog carcass that was on the road. Later reported that same night, a local landowner had an encounter with what would become later known, uh, what would be later identified as the Mothman with bright lights and strange sounds in the woods and two eyes staring at him from the woods that his dog ran out no. to go encounter and the dog never came back. Oh, no. It's the same night. Oh, it, wow. The same night as the Scarberries encounter. Okay, so something happened. Exactly. Something happened. And from here, though, is where it goes insane. You just keep saying, like, okay, now here's where it's going to get crazy. Well, this is the thing. This is already crazy. You got to understand, the whole thing about the Mothman, first and foremost, the Mothman is mislabeled. Because the Mothman is technically a creature that has existed in human myth for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And this is just the American incarnation of it. Right. It we be- tend to do that. <laughs> it became the Mothman uh, because at the time it was literally like some anonymous editor uh, or a headline writer named it Mothman as a takeoff on the then popular and very campy television show Batman. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. 1967. Yeah, Adam 60s, West was yeah. rocking it with the ba- uh, with the Batusi all over the place. Okay. Okay. 
That checks out. Now, the problem is, though, exactly what the Scarberries feared did, in fact, happen. Within two days, this was reported. Roger and Linda it, reported it to the press, and so did the deputy. Oh, to the press? Within Why two Why did they report it to the press? Days. Because it's a small town. And there is another reason why it, they reported well, it to the press that involves something 10 years pro- uh, previous. Well, I can also understand, like, if four people witnessed this thing and they were like, we have got to warn the town for their safety, I could understand them reporting it. There's also the fact that 10 years previous, uh, West Virginia was the site of one of the most interesting extraterrestrial situations. Oh, Okay. Ten years before this? Yeah. Uh, roughly a little bit more than ten years. It's about, it's actually about 13. Okay. All said and told. But it was uh, 1954. There was a uh, period of time in which a large amount of UFOs were reported in West Virginia. One of which tra- uh, was tracked uh, flying all the way from West Virginia down to Alabama where it reportedly exploded. Holy cow. Wow. Oh, and that gets even better because of the strange link to this with something called the Braxton Monster. I've never heard of it. The Flatwoods Monster. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. That's the one I talked to you about before this, too. Now let's turn back the clock real quick to 1954. All right. And let's talk about the Flatwoods Monster. Oh, no. For those of you out there who don't know what the Flatwoods Monster is, it is actually a creature more synonymous with science fiction than most things. In certain parts of the world, the Flatwoods Monster is the... It's the image that people think of when you say aliens. Okay. Over here, we largely think of the big gray bug-eyed little guys and everything. The rest of the world thinks of the Flatwoods Monster, which looks... It's hard to say what it actually looks like without censoring myself. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, so, and everybody can help out here. Cause basically at first glance, it looks like a sex toy, but, um, which, okay. Which one is this one? It's that one I drew for you. <laughs> you that did? time. I'm going to, yeah. I'll, I'll pull up the picture of it okay. real quick. You have, you have seen this thing. All of us here. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I see. I, I looked it up. I see you what looked up saying. the Flatwoods. This is yep. the Flatwoods monster. Oh yeah. Okay. This is yeah. right. Oh right. That goes okay. Yeah. The sun doesn't shine. Man. Sure. That, it, right. That is, <laughs> that is kind of hard to describe, but, the thing is, uh, you have literally seen that thing in places that you wouldn't, in our age group, you wouldn't expect. Anybody here play video games? Mm-hmm. Or Japan is yep. obsessed with that creature, by the way. A Skeksis. Well, a Skeksis is, uh, <laughs> is definitely, un- <laughs> definitely under the Birdman. Uh, but okay. here's the thing. So the Flatwoods encounter, to make this quick and everything, in 1954, with the uh, incredible amount of UFO sightings that happened on the same night, in uh, it basically happened in 1954. It was around the same time as a ridiculous amount of UFO sightings in the same area that would go, like I said, all the way down to uh, Alabama. Um, I highly recommend, if you are interested in this, there is another book just called The Braxton Monster. Uh, it's an excellent read. Everybody should look that one up. It's like I, I, you, it's not on. It's not on like a, an e-reader, but you can just have to buy the book. Yeah. But it's only like twenty bucks, and it's a full read with loads of information. I will link but, the books that you're mentioning excellent. on our website. Um, the Braxton monster was seen by a mother and her two boys and an older cousin. Uh, the mother was not a person considered in her local community uh, to be a person who would make up shit. 
Okay. She was a person considered to be a little wild and adventurous, but mm-hmm. she was not a person who was considered to be a to be a loon or to be a crazy gossip for attention. Basically, in the middle, uh, in the uh, the uh, the dusk hours of uh, this day, the two boys were outside playing, tossing a football around, as you do. These two men are still alive, by the way. Okay. Uh, the same people who produced the Mothman prophecy also produced a secondary follow-up movie, The Braxton Monster, also on Prime. It's also, if you have a Prime subscription, it is free to watch. Okay. It is also just as entertaining, and it interviews the two men who were the actual eyewitnesses oh, of wow. The Braxton wow. Monster okay. when they were uh, respectively like 10 and 9 years old. Okay. It's one thing if you witness a UFO when you're four years old. Yeah. It's another thing when you witness it when you're ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's different. But, yeah. like, you you got brain in there somewhere. Yeah. But, and then you also witnessed it with an older cousin who was in the National Guard, and you also witnessed it with your mother. Uh-huh. Going on, uh, outside playing, there was a sound of a small roar, and then what appeared to be... <coughs> Uh, every day. <laughs> there was uh, what appeared to be a explosion with no sound of an explosion and bright lights emanating from the woods. Oh. Now, this is the 50s. Bright lights in the middle of the woods, people investigated for funsies anyway. Can Not, I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Was it a clear night? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Well, <laughs> I'm just that, asking. Oh, no, that's actually really important. <laughs> Because that's how they were able to identify one of the key factors of the Braxton monster. Okay. Getting up into the hills, to with the mom decided to go with them because she was very much a hitch up her pants and let's go do things person. The older cousin said, uh, yeah, we need to go look that, uh, let's see what the heck that is to at least report it. And the two kids were even thinking, it's like, if it's, a, if it's an asteroid or anything, it might have gold in it. Let's yeah. go. They even well, say that in the interview. Wow. But they got, they run up the hill. And there in the ground is something that appears to be, they have no idea, actually. They can't describe it. It was glowing and it was bright white. Okay. Uh, the Oh, another key point. The town dog ran along with them. The town, town dog. dog? It was a stray animal that was just everybody, that was everybody's friend, one of those. It oh. was a small enough town that the dog just went house to house. Okay. And everything, but the, the dog was out with them and it went with them. Flatwoods is a small, small town. Okay. They, it went up to the hills with them. Upon getting to the light, the dog ran forward to bark at the light in the area. This is where things become the legend, as the family reported an intense, pungent odor. An intense pungent odor, uh, a little bit sulfurish, kind of acidic, but regardless, uh, would easily turn your stomach. Okay. Said the dog barked until this mist started rolling out. They could visually see it. It was brownish in the bright light. And the dog barked, then whined, and ran away, where about two days later, the dog was found up uh, around a local no. area, had vomited its guts out, and was dead. I'm very upset with all of the dogs facing yeah. mortality in this story. It happens, okay? But, um, so from there, the the boys and the mother and the cousin all smelled the same thing, and it was putrid. They didn't know what it was, but it was after the dog ran away that that's when it happened. And they noticed just next to the bright light where a large oak tree was, there was a shape that wasn't a tree. And it was approximately 10 feet tall. And it was that thing. 
and then it's oh, wow. they shine their flashlight on it, and upon doing so is when its eyes <gasps> lit up and stared at them. Ooh. Now, to hear them describe the eyes, the this thing is weird. Its eyes, they reported it being a greenish-orange light, which I can tell you, as an artist, that's a hard thing to replicate. Weird. Because it basically yeah. means that part of the spectrum that's coming out of whatever is being broadcast in that regard... Uh, can only be seen as green while intermi- while intermingling with red light and not blending. Um, it's a weird phenomena, but it's why you, why you can't see certain colors. But they described it specifically as an orangish-greenish light wow. coming from its eyes. Okay. The thing about the arms being on it is actually up for debate, because their original depiction, it didn't have arms. Okay. The later depictions of it uh, described it as having what appeared to be arms, but that's also easily justified as tree branches as it was moving towards them. This is where, this is the fun part here as well. It started moving towards them. Specifically, all four of them identified that it did not move in a straight path. It took what appeared to be about a hemicircle path around them and then approached them silently and not touching the ground. Not like that at all. No. That's that's quite creepy. So, of course, once again, they erred on the exact human side of caution that you should do and uh, hightailed it and ran away, screaming into the night. I look at that creature, okay? And I don't see what a lot of people see of an alien with a fancy hat. Kind of like a Jawa from Star Wars. Uh, Kind of, (laughs) but I see a pupa. A pupa! I see a a larval state of a creature. Or at least a transport mechanism for something else. Mm. Or potentially a robotic sentry from another planet. Who knows? (laughs) But at the same time, this is 1954, right? So we're seeing, which by the way, the Braxton monster also later uh, in about, I want to say it was uh, somewhere in around West Virginia, or this may have even been in Ohio. There was another encounter with one of these creatures of a man and his wife traveling down the road who saw the same thing. Lights in the woods. Hmm. The uh, car started, uh, they smelled a really horrible smell. The They pulled over. The husband thought his car was on fire. Oh. Checked his car, nothing was wrong. Saw the light in the woods. While the husband was staring out at the light in the woods, the wife began screaming in the car because approaching them was one of these things. Ooh. She's one of the ones who identified it with arms. Wow. Yeah. Again, no sign of feet effortlessly floating towards them, making no contact yeah, with the ground. Creepy. Horrific, pungent so odor. We have some very... The reason I'm bringing up the Braxton monster is specifically because of similarities in myth. You have a large, looming, terrifying thing that its actual physical coloring gets changed in description by numerous people, which happens with the Mothman. Numerous people say it's flesh-colored with ashy wings, it's completely black, it's got it's an ashy color. Uh, some people have said it's brown and everything. Yeah. Same thing with the Braxton monster. Some It's called the green monster, colloquially, because they say that it reflected green off of its main body and its head was reddish with those strange eyes. And they also said it was completely black. It's jet black. It's grayish which sounds iridescent Mm. to me, or light refracting. Yeah. Or light absorbing. Yeah. Which is also how you stay hidden Mm -hmm. from things. To me, this thing resembles either some kind of pod or suit or something 
that something it may have been protecting something. Yeah. The bright light itself may have been what it was protecting. But either way, we have something with strange eyes and a nearly undefinable body that sort of, resemb- uh, sort of resembles a taller, worm-like structure. Now let's cut ahead to 1954. No, not 1954, 1964. Okay. In a place called Grafton. Grafton, West Virginia. Uh, pretty far north. This one's actually closer to Pennsylvania. But it was also one of the places that absolutely witnessed the UFO activity in 1954. 1964, a sh- uh, I believe it was a sheriff's deputy, reports something that is now called the Grafton Monster. Mm. That was reported to be about eight feet tall, shock white, leathery slash soft looking, but meaty as hell with no definable head. The Braxton monster, by the way, it goes back and forth as to whether or not it was a large spherical head resting inside something, or if that whole thing was its head with just a thing poking forward and two eyes on it. Wow. Like a caterpillar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then, have any of you ever seen what a cicada looks like when it comes out of that first skin? Creepy, right? Creepy, yellowish, off-whitish, like kind of slimy yeah. and fleshy-looking. You ever seen a crab when it when it molts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it super soft? It's super soft. They also look a bit inflated because yeah. they're swollen. Look at a tarantula that sheds its it sheds its skin. If you haven't had nightmares recently, um, look at I a like tar- tarantula. So do I. <laughs> but when they come out of their body, they basically leave behind a whole tarantula. I've and never they're, seen that. They're so weird. Stay on their back for a minute. Yeah, they're weird. Flo- they're weird floppy doodles, and they are uh, horrifying looking. They look fleshy, and they sort of expand as the outer shell is hardening mm. and everything. So we look at the Grafton monster ten years after the after this. Imagine <laughs> a large cicada coming out of its shell that is fleshy and has not grown anything. Now cut to two years later, down about a hundred miles away. That's only about, well, pardon me, it's about 150 miles from Grafton to Point Pleasant, but it's only uh, it's only 90 miles from Point Pleasant to Braxton, mm-hmm. to Flatwoods. Oh, kind of in that area. And that whole area, in that, that whole area there, was witness to that UFO sighting in 1954. Wow. So now, we know how moths and butterflies and other things like that form. They start out as a caterpillar form, they go in a larval form, they go to a pupa chrysalis, and then they hatch, and then they slowly inflate and harden. Right. And thus Mothman. And thus Mothman. I personally feel that those three particular creatures are interconnected because of where they showed up and the timeline for them. 54 to 64 to 66. Mm -hmm. So Um, so what you're saying is you... There's a possibility this thing mutated into Mothman. I metamorphed. I metamorphed. Yeah. It, okay. Like a butterfly. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely and I can I, see that. I personally support the feeling that whatever these were, uh, I largely think that it. If this is a legitimate creature, I think that it did come from space. It came from spice. <laughs> I also <Sorry. laughs> personally feel that the Birdman is its own thing. Yeah. I actually feel because, and it is specifically. I think that the Birdman absolutely was a thing that terrorized Point Pleasant as well, but I Maybe personally I feel that the Mothman is distinct. Yeah, because of the specifically 
the Scarberries and several other reports that described the shuffling gait, several people that did actually describe something that resembled insect features, and no one ever being able to find feathers. Well, yeah. So here's the deal. With the Mothman, to continue talking about the Mothman, you have a couple of different ways that you can take. You can either talk about all of the sightings of the the Mothman trying to validate this thing. That is never a good idea when it comes down to cryptids. Reason being, the more you talk about people seeing things, the more you're going to start believing the dumbest stuff. Right. It's going to happen. And also, there are literally too many to count. And there's more nowadays, too. Do we know how many, um, did they take like a, a precise number of how many um, people reported that within that year? <sighs> That's the problem. I was, so... trying, I was trying to track that back down, and one of the sources that I was using for that did not have as accurate a timeline as I thought it did. Well, I, th- I watched a documentary once that I think that the number was in like the 60s. There's a lot. I do know that there is definitely more than 50. Yeah. I can tell you that. Um, and it exploded in that town from 1966 to 1967. There's everybody, like a lot. everybody saw this creature. As shortly, uh, the Scarberries were kind of ridiculed and treated awfully at first for the, reporting their sighting, because the immediate this was the 60s. Now the UFO right. craze had died down. Right. Yeah. Okay. So mostly everybody was quick to launch and tell them that they are stupid. This is awful and everything. Uh, even all the way up to a, uh, even up to a, an associate professor of biology at uh, West Virginia University, uh, Dr. Robert Smith, who made it a huge point to describe it as a sandhill crane. Oh, okay. Like you did not. Which stands see four that. to six feet tall, has a large wingspan, and red feathers around its eyes. Okay, and but... capable of murdering a dog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You see, that's the problem that I have with it being a crane or a stork. But it's not just murdering a dog. It's looking into somebody's eyeballs while you're murdering And then that cleaning dog. up the crime scene. Yeah, the cleaning murdering. up the crime scene. This is why I lean a little bit closer to the big hoot theory of a yeah. giant owl species. Okay. Or at least an owl that had fluffed the ever-loving crap out of itself in defense. Right. Which, if you've ever seen an expanded yes. owl, they're yes. hilariously, like, scary. <laughs> they're really funny. What's that one species of owl, you know, that oh, the gets... Ja- Really fluffy, the and Jap- then it, like the Japanese, the Japanese, really, the Japanese really, wood owl. Yeah, it's a species. Thin, it's a species native to Japan. Owl. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and it makes these little horns. It's so weird. Yeah, like so it can pretend to be a part of a tree, and then it can pretend yes. to be a gigantic psychotic demon to yeah. scare off other creatures. Yeah, because it's actually very tiny. Okay. <laughs> it's a tiny little poots of an it's owl. It's cute. <laughs> so, other explanations included, of course, tried and true weather balloons. Weather balloons. Yeah. Uh, or more, force, more to the point, huge gas-filled <laughs> balloons released by students during uh, doing air current experiments. Okay, what freaking students? Janet or whoever? Listen, <laughs> listen man. It was like, there's a reason why weather balloon is a swear word when you get into the paranormal, uh, okay? It's like, weather balloon hilarious. is how you tell someone don't talk about it. If it was it. a whole freaking class, someone would have known that they were releasing weather balloons. I only use... The class themselves. I, they did. and But that's that part is not really documented, oh, is the issue. God. But of course it's not. weather balloon is one of those things that people like myself use to tell someone it's Chinatown. Don't ask questions. <laughs> okay. It's like, you do not ask questions about that. It's a weather balloon. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the original witnesses were of course, uh, ridiculed. They were absolutely just uh, raked over the coals. 
Uh, meanwhile, at home, the Scarberries were plagued at home by weird sounds at night, beeping noises, and something like a tape recorder being played at high speed. Okay, so this wow. the incident started happening... Yeah. Like, did, okay, so it was two separate couples, and they both it's started the, having weird, in, weird the things mallets, happen at home? Uh, the other couple, the Mallets, uh, actually did not talk about it near as much as the Scarberries did. Wow. Because they saw what happened to Roger and Linda, well, and they yeah. just said, nope. Bad gas travels fast in a small town. Not yeah. doing this. Yeah, that's crazy. After all this of plausibility and talking about these things, I'm yeah. going to talk about why it all gets stranger. Okay. Because in this period, after it was something to the point of like, um, oh God, I think it was just, there were two big ones that happened again. One was like only a day or so later and the other one was uh, within the same week. Um, one of them was an air... More other sightings? Yes. Okay. There was mm. one of a pilot who was flying a plane, and I believe he was flying it from Pennsylvania to Ohio, and it passed over the area of the Ohio River uh, uh, Valley right. there. Yeah. Where he saw what looked like a, uh, a large bird with a long neck and a 10-foot wingspan flying without flapping at high altitude. That appeared to be Whoa. grayish and some kind of red at the front. Wow. So he pilot, reported it. Pilot. Sounds like a yes, Japanese Yes, that was a pilot. That he reported it, but that's just it, though. This is West Virginia. Why would a Japanese crane be well, out there? Why would a Thunderbird be in, ja- uh, be in uh, friggin' West Virginia? The largest known bird species in West Virginia is, like, is I forget what it is, but its wingspan is like maybe five feet. Mm-mm, just the red part kind of got me. Exactly. But he also they, definitely described it as a blackish gray And this is the creature. first time we're hearing about it having a long neck. This is the thing, though. Before the Mothman, sightings of giant birds with long necks have been all over Appalachia. Then, of course, you have the one that happened uh, literally just the night after. This is the reason why the Scarberries stopped getting ridiculed. This one wasn't reported immediately, but it happened literally the night after the Scarberries encounter on November 16th of that year. It was the uh, Miss Marcella Bennett. Uh, her two-year-old daughter, Tina, and her brother, Raymond Wamsley, and his wife, Kathy, had decided to visit family members who lived near the TNT area. Okay. They had read about the strange being in the newspaper, which it took literally a day to publish because the deputy went and just said, there's a thing, uh-huh. backing up the Scarberries. They had read about the strange being, but they even uh, they thought it might be fun to go out and look for it because that's <gasps> the other thing you no, do. No, they didn't. Raven. Where do we live? What do we do? I heard there's a Bigfoot in this woods and that it may be able to kill somebody. Let's go throw a rock at it. Well, especially like before you had like, you know, telephones and stuff you could play on all day. Exactly. Mm. So they decided it might be even fun to go look for it. Okay. Basically, snipe hunting. It's like, let's go find Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've gone snipe yeah, hunting. You, un- you understand, Jason, right? It's like... Oh, that- yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So, they paid, a visit, uh, they paid a visit at the home of a sister and brother-in-law and decided to depart around 9 p.m. They walked out to the car, to, uh, and they, uh, Marcella was in the lead holding a cigarette and her car keys while holding her child because the 60s. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond was Raymond Wamsley, her uh, her brother, was the first to see the creature coming toward them out of the sky, 
Brilliant lights filled the area. Marcella kept on walking toward the car, oblivious to Raymond's shouts to stop and return to the house. She started to unlock the passenger door. As she looked down, she saw a man's legs that looked like they were covered with gray feathers. She did not see any feet. Like a slow-motion horror film, she pulled her eyes up. Standing only a few feet away from her was a giant man-bird, its head sunken into the shoulder area and tilted to one side. She said she didn't see any red eyes, but later she uh, she said that she might have been too frightened to even notice because yeah. she saw a giant feather man and oh went screaming into the so, night. But, but this one came with lights? Yes, her brother reported. That's okay. Wamsley reported that they, like he saw the creature descending, right? And said that there were uh, there were lights in this case. He's not wow. very specific as to what they were. He just said he noticed lights. This is a pretty common thing with uh, encountering cryptids and other paranormal situations. A lot of people liken this to a Foxfire situation, or the really bonkers out there description is that it's an extra dimensional gate opening at the same time Whoa. for a creature to just come in and go, "What the hell? Where am I?" Okay. Oh. And, well, and was this in the media? I'm sorry if I missed that. Was this in the media before this encounter? Like, was this in the newspaper? This Could one would come this? out later. These people had read the Scarberries uh, account. Got, okay, okay, got it, got it. Got it okay. But this would come out later because they were freaked out by it being so close to their house was the got issue. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. And this was like right outside their home, right? Yes, this is right outside, like right outside, right outside, their, outside home. their home. And okay. uh, let's see here. And again, I think it's so strange that it's... This is the weird... This is one of the... This is a key point too, Okay. When they, uh, whenever they witnessed the creature moving around, they, uh, like, as it turned, it appeared to, it basically appeared to be moving with the same shuffling gait. Hmm. However, this cre- this time, though, is different from a lot of the other sightings, because when Marcella took, uh, took some steps to move, she fell down, uh, she fell down with her daughter in her arms and was trying to protect her daughter, because she thought the thing was big enough to carry them both off. Without look, she couldn't see because it's basically in that "dear God, uh, dear God, help me" moment. Mm-hmm. She's the only person who has ever reported flapping. Oh, really? Heard wow. flapping well, of wings, but wasn't and then it was gone? Wasn't she the only one that's gotten that close? She's one of the, to one see of the only ones who's reportedly got, getting that close, but it was close to it standing. She didn't see it take off oh, though because she, she was it. yeah she fell and with her baby in her arms and Which she was is, looking yeah. at the ground and she hears flapping. Wow. Wamsley himself didn't hear about it, uh, didn't actually see the thing take off uh, because he was freaking out trying, he was basically trying to uh, get to Marcella. At that point, this uh, he was trying to run to her. He did not witness the creature take off. Whenever they both tried to notice it, it was gone. Again, I think it's strange how it's presenting itself in front of like groups yeah very um, the fun thing is the the fun thing is here too marcella would report (laughs) it to the police this is one of the main reasons why the scarberries were at first ridiculed and then later not and then later ridiculed again but Hmm. because it happened literally the night after yeah now night after night though this is where it starts getting hard to track down everything. Because from that point on, up until the Silver Bridge disaster, there were sightings every single week. 
The press was just like, another 14 sightings this week. Also, yet again, something that you have said numerous times here, Raven. Yeah. There was no internet. Right. There was very little entertainment in the way in a backwoods community. Yeah. Everybody's telling well, the same story at this yeah, point. Yeah, and there's always that, um, what do you call it? Like a, like a fever rush, almost. Like, people just catch the fever of it. Hysteria? And hysteria, yeah. Everybody's yes. just, just seeing it all over the place. Well, it's the same thing. This is why I brought up witch hunts. It's the same thing. Yeah. This is, this is zeitgeist infiltration at this point. Basically, you have a new thing mm-hmm. that is exciting. Right. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to be a part of it. It is a small, isolated community. Right. And yes, everybody wants to see it and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. This is why people in small towns would literally dress up to the nines to go to a friggin' Dairy Queen back in the day when it first opened up because it's the new thing. Numerous sightings include seeing it, uh, seeing it around hospitals, seeing it uh, when people go to pick up their, uh, pick up their husbands from work. So they Uh, actually started seeing it in town. Yes. Wow. Uh, Okay. All of these, though, there were more sightings uh, on both sides of the river, too. This is the thing, okay? And this is where this is where I threw up my hands and gave up. <laughs> because that's why I said the amount of sightings mm-hmm. is technically unlistable. Yeah. Because it's unclear how many people actually say they witnessed this creature. Right. Because it didn't just happen in Point Pleasant. It happened in Ohio and even in Pennsylvania. Wow. Okay? Wow. So that's the thing. So up until this point, is it, um, well... Before the the Silver Bridge, were were people reporting it to be dangerous to them or just looming? See, that's the thing. There is actually no account of the there is no account of the Mothman actually harming anyone. The idea, the way that the Scarberries presented it, basically, in my personal opinion, permeated public opinion and turned into the ideas of it's projecting some kind of fear cloud or being an extra dimensional entity. It, it we are naturally averse to it and mm-hmm. whatnot because the Scarberries just went up, basically described it as turning a corner and being met with a bear. Yeah. Like I turned a corner and I was terrified. There was yeah. a seven foot tall, what the hell? And I ran away because that's what you do as a sane human being. Right. And everybody turned that low as time went on. This got, manipulated and turned into something more paranormal. Largely thanks to two individuals. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. About to call you go. out, individuals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, this is why it's also really, it, this is why it's important, too, that, uh, like, you guys all talked about the Mothman Prophecy Uh-oh. movie. Okay. Okay. A little flash. The director of that movie based uh, uh, the points that he took from, the main source that he drew from, was the book, The Mothman Prophecy, by Mr. John Keel. John Keel is literally the man responsible for making the Mothman the cryptid urban legend thing that we have today. I was actually about to ask, I haven't read the book. Obviously, I've seen the movie, but I haven't read the book. So I was wondering if the book is more like a docu-book or if it's just like a here's my story about what happened the book is weird it basically it's both okay it's a it's based on the actual accounts of people in point pleasant john keel spent a lot of time in point pleasant okay uh up until i think he didn't leave until like I think he left like September the following year or something like that. He yeah. he got he gathered loads of information from just about every uh, private account that he could, um, and he was working with a Miss Mary Heyer, 
who was a local reporter uh, who had a little uh, who had a little column that was the every the everyday column. Uh, her column was called "Where the Waters Mingle." in the uh, okay. local newspaper. But Mary Heyer was one... Of, it's basically the place where uh, local civic reporting would happen. Okay. So if you had something that was like, ain't this some shit, you told it to Mary Heyer. <laughs> okay? That's just what you did. But Mary took this incredibly seriously. Mary was a lady who had served on this newspaper for like something like 20 or 30 years. She actually took her local reporting very seriously. People... That's listed about her. She was not a. It wasn't just a gossip column. She, if it was, if she wrote something that seemed like gossip, it was something that was important. Right. Okay. And probably firsthand from whoever reported and she, it. She definitely wasn't the kind of person who would just say these are interdimensional beings who want to steal your babies. She would report on, like, say, a local saw a fireball in the sky. Wow. It's like no idea what this is, but we do know that the government's investigating it. Yeah. That's how she would do it. Mm-hmm. She were she was the direct liaison for Mister jo- uh, for Mister John Keel, okay. uh, helping to him gather this information. Okay. Because it would take almost an entire other episode to talk about. I can't completely talk about uh, Ms. Hire's involvement because Ms. Hire's involvement ends with an uh, with a reported Men in Black sighting. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay? <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. John Keel, though, is responsible for the book The Mothman Prophecy that he would later publish in the late 70s, early 80s, and everything. And that is the other thing that revitalized The Mothman. Okay. Um. The other person to blame for a lot of the Mothman's popularity, Mr. Gray Barker published a book called The Silver Bridge after the after the disaster. Okay. Mr. Gray Barker is the first person to potentially link the Mothman oh. with the Silver Bridge. Okay. He implies it in the book. He does He's not directly not. Okay. state it. He's the one who reports that some people blamed the Mothman. In this case, saying okay. that they that some people reported seeing him there. Uh, Interesting. Okay. When most of the people of Point Pleasant wouldn't actually say that okay. at all. Gray Barker's the guy who did this. Gray Barker, by the way, important uh, an important individual. This man was actually one of the forefront people that is responsible for paranormal research. Oh. Gray Barker was one of the guys at the height of the flying saucer popularity of the 40s and 50s who reported on UFOs throughout the country. Okay. Now, it was later revealed later on in uh, post uh, post his death and everything uh, that he was absolutely 100% a skeptic. Yeah. He never approached UFOs or anything from the perspective of genuinely believing people's stories, but he always reported them with as much veracity as he could from the people. So it's more like a, I don't know if I believe it, but I believe you believe it. <laughs> well, more along the lines of, I'm going to write this from the perspective of a person who believes, who believes in this, yeah, when okay. I personally don't, a.k.a. us! Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Mr. Barker is one of the people responsible as well. Largely, most people know of John Keel when they talk about the Mothman, because he's the one who wrote the Mothman Prophecy. Right. That is the book that made the Mothman the figure that it is in the public lexicon. But he wasn't the one that actually linked it. He's with not the, the bridge, one who linked it with the bridge. Like they did who in the linked, movie. It's Gray Barker, okay. who is the person who did that, which then caused John Keel to link the Mothman into being a harbinger of doom. Okay. Okay, okay. Which is incredibly easy to do. 
because of the main cultures that inhabit West Virginia. Okay. West Virginia was largely settled by Scot-Irish immigrants oh, oh. 200 years ago. My people. Yes. Who are super superstitious. <laughs> paranoid. <laughs> whose ancient mythologies and legends are basically ghosts, fairies, and horrible, nasty things that yeah. want to rip your knees out and charge you for them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, look up fairies, kids. They're not nice. <laughs> and... You mix that with intermingling with Native American culture and superstition, and boom. Yeah. You have Birdman, you have the Mothman, you have strange, shambling, dark-winged things in the middle of the night, okay, mm-hmm. all wailing about doom, which, by the way, is the Banshee! Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I love that wailing part. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's, it is very interesting um in the 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 whole mythos of you know the area and humanity and i don't know i i'm 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 intrigued i'm also intrigued by as a media guy i'm also intrigued by the media influence and that that sort of stuff that 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 really really is captivating to me that's one of the best parts of when you get into any kind of cryptid research is when you find, is this something that has a solid legend before radio and television or post radio and television? Because if it's post radio and television, now you're entering into basically the creepypasta zeitgeist. You're entering, you're entering into the, well, the thing is it's still relevant because it's the modern tall tale versus the old tall tale. Yeah. It's the mutation of an old myth into a modern perspective. Okay. Case in point, I've got four, uh, four great points here to point out of why the Mothman isn't unique at all. Especially you, Mothman. <laughs> Basic bitch. He's definitely the cutest, and he's definitely he's definitely one of the most fascinating to look at as far as the general appearance of them. Because I mean, Bigfoot is just a man who doesn't manscape. Just a giant, right? like, hairy man. Skin, skinwalkers. The skinwalkers are probably largely a mountain lion with mange. Yeah. Okay, but when you get down to it, we have uh, especially with Scott Irish. Origins. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. don't even have time to talk about how all those are connected with other cultures as well. But uh, let's just keep let's keep to the traditional uh, Celto-Gaelic, uh, okay. the Gallic origins and everything. So we've got your banshees. Okay, right. The banshee, uh, also known as in one of the oldest depictions of them, going into where all of those myths originate from. No matter what people tell you, all of that uh, largely originates from Wales. Okay, it all get com- it Wales. <laughs> Ha-ha! Get out. Oh! Get out. Love oh. It. You've, been, you've been hanging out with your husband too long. <laughs> I got but mom jokes for days. This would be the Kaharaith. The Kaharaith is one of the originators of the Banshee. It would later turn into the Bansi and other things like that. And yeah. it just permeated throughout the Celtic areas. But... It is a lurking, wailing figure. Uh, in... is, that, is it considered a cryptid, the banshee? Oh, God, yeah. Was okay, it okay I thought it was to... just like a folklore-ish. Well, I guess what do you think cryptids kind of... are? <laughs> well, okay, but I have a question at the end of this about another. Okay, okay. anyway. <laughs> so, uh, a lurking, wailing figure in the dark that was always a portent of doom. Right. It was depicted as either a hag or as a right. shambling humanoid figure that resembled a woman, maybe, if, yeah. like, something wrong with her face. The hag in the woods. 
Yeah. Except Old specifically spanster. the Kaharaith and the older depictions of the Banshee are all depicted as having ashen wings oh. and walking yeah. with a shuffling gait. Really? Interesting. Yes. Okay. And Woman. typically glowing eyes. Oh. Which then brings up another part of white people get scared in the mi- <laughs> in the mists, yo. Okay. One I mentioned during yeah, the Skinwalkers did. talk when we talked about the black dogs. Right, the, yeah. When we talked about the Mahdi Dew. Mm-hmm. The Mahdi Dew being a legendary uh, creature of Welsh mythology that is actually a cryptid, more so than just a legend. Okay. Because it is reported to have haunted a specific castle around the Isle of Man. Ooh. Now, it's documented in Welsh mythology, but it is a Manx legend. Uh, it's from the Isle. It's from the Isle of Man. It was the black dog with the glowing red right, eyes. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, typically, like, it's documented as glowing red eyes. Typically speaking, normal animals' eye shines, like dogs, cats, birds, and everything. Your typical eye shines range anywhere from uh, amberish yellow to greenish blue mm-hmm. to uh, shiny pinkish white. Mm-hmm. It's when an animal's eyes are actually reflecting red, uh, there's something wrong with that animal. It means that it's either there's blood in its eyes mm-hmm. or mm. something's really wrong with your lighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's what it means. So the Mahdi Dew is definitely one of those that, uh, that exists. And the Mahdi Dew was absolutely a portent of doom. When it would show up, whoever it was actually following would die within three days. Oh my gosh. Then you have uh, going into now hopping into uh, hopping into uh, Christian theology. You get into demonology, and then you right. deal with the Goetian demons listed okay. in the Key of Solomon, namely one a. Uh, you deal with Stolas and Paimon, and you deal with a lot uh, also popular figures in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Stolas being the owl demon, yeah, which looks like a seven foot tall man sized owl with large glowing eyes and a head set sunk into its shoulders. Wow. So, this is a thing that has existed in these cultures. Oh, and also, take the Scott-Irish superstition, and then you also add on to it the tragedy that occurred here. Right. Not the bridge that happened when the settlers settled to one chief Cornstalk. Okay. Go go on. The massacre of Chief Cornstalk and his three sons. I don't know anything (laughs) about that. Yeah, it was at Point Pleasant. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Was it really? During the French and Indian Wars, uh, this is a lot of history to go over, and I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. But basically, the uh, tribes around that area sided with the French. Okay. It did not go well. Okay. Because they were dealing largely with angry Scots and Irish people, and yeah. that's just the fastest way to tear down a wall, is just tell them to do it and mm-hmm. make them mad. Okay. Well, they sought a peaceful negotiation because unlike a lot of people who tell these myths uh, don't understand is that the tribes were ridiculously civilized back then Mm -hmm. they chief cornstalk and his uh and his sons went to point pleasant to meet with uh to meet with settlers to discuss a diplomatic solution to ending their conflicts while he was there he was under arrest and everything and about three days into the process, soldiers burst into the room that he and his sons were being housed in and shot them at point-blank range and killed them. What? People I, fuck. I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. 
like that it's really just nope it's just western expansion was yeah. freaking horrible so yeah. but this is where a legend was born of a say it with me now native what? american curse oh no oh yeah well, there it is this is something that is tied to the bridge disaster and everything but mm. Well, it kind of sounds like, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. There is no validity to the statement that Cornstock levied a curse against anybody yeah. upon dying. His final words were probably something to the uh, something to the tune of, you bastards, why did you shoot me? Yeah. There's a, you have everything ripe for a bonkers cryptid to be suddenly popular, but also the possibility of an actual giant bird species mm-hmm. in an area. Okay? And... Then you have a horrible disaster that transpired with the Silver Bridge. The Silver Bridge was a newer bridge that was built uh, around this area. There was an older bridge that still stands, as a matter of fact, because it was built appropriately. Wow. Uh, it was a New Deal bridge that was built, and it was not built well. It was not built to—this was before a lot of zoning codes were properly enacted in uh, more rural areas— but this bridge connected two sides of the uh, right across the Ohio River. It connected mm-hmm. Point Pleasant over to the others over to Ohio, which is a pretty large ri- river. It there. is the Ohio River is actually a very large yeah. river, um, and this bridge uh, absolutely could not support the amount of traffic that was going across it. Oh. Uh, it just could not, and a it went through just basic storm problems and everything else like that. The bridge was uh, reported from survivors. It was reported to suddenly heave, mm-hmm. twist in the wind, and then wow. just collapsed. That is and not sadly anything. claimed 47 lives. Now, <sighs> up until this time, at the, uh, right up to this moment, Mothman sightings were literally every single day. It was becoming a thing. It, it was literally just a thing. If you lived in Point Pleasant or were around the Ohio River Valley, everybody had a story about the Mothman or giant birds or anything like that. Everybody had one. And then everybody had a quick snap back to reality mm-hmm. when 47 people died tragically all at once. And right. the most horrible situation of that being uh, the people who came to the sides to see the bridge to try to help people out, seeing all the worst one was seeing Christmas presents floating down the river because right. people were largely returning from Christmas shopping and all kinds mm, of things. It was so really bad. The bridge disaster, it's taken very seriously. It is something that should be, this is the disclaimer part, it should be taken very seriously. A lot of people died of due to just really poor, poor civil engineering. Okay. Yeah. And that's when people like Gray Barker and John Keel were like, oh, he was a harbinger of the... Yeah. Right. The disaster. Mostly, there's not, when you go back to the actual sightings of the Mothman, you're not, you don't actually find from any of the original sources anyone who actually claims that the Mothman had anything to do with the bridge disaster. Well, and we also don't see him predicting anything else up to that point, right? You don't see him communicating. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't know. Did now, did he just know that he needed to hang out there for a year? To maybe, but but <laughs> but if he were a harbinger of this disaster, then you think he would try to communicate? The problem some, is some way the some of the last reported sightings of the Mothman do involve the bridge. Nobody has a sighting from the day of the disaster. 
but a couple people have a sighting of it crawling underneath the bridge. Really? Yeah. Crawling under the bridge. Oof. The, there's not a lot of information in detail like the first original sightings, like the Scarberries report and everything. Right. There's just, but there are several people who confer, who confirmed that they believe they saw it or something crawling underneath the bridge. That is creepy. Yeah. Now then, from this point, gonna di- gonna diverge slightly here, just a little bit. Remember earlier I talked to you about a UFO sighting in West Virginia in 1954. Right. Well, that is part and parcel to something I prefer to think of myself. We're getting to the theorizing time now. Okay. Now it's time to get really crazy Theories. when fun. Because this is the fun part of cryptids, is after you've gone, like, that's a big damn bird, it's time to go, but what if it wasn't? Yeah. Okay? Because yeah. like I said, there's a couple of things that are really strange in this. Again, just like with the skinwalkers, the crazier details that are more visible that everybody identifies with, that's the Mothman, that's not the stuff you should look at. You should look at the weird stuff, like how in the hell were the electronic sounds and the radio interference happening? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. was it at the TNT plant specifically? Well, and the TNT plant was vacant at the time, right? So, like, anyone could be living in there. Some kind of... Most creatures that would live there would die shortly thereafter, though. Uh, I like to think that those those three legends are all interconnected as a similar creature because it is such a short period of time between all of them and a major event. When you look into cryptid and paranormal situations, there's sightings of an individual creature, and then there's a major event. Yeah four to five states witnessing the same unidentified flying object occurrence of multiple UFOs at the same time, that's a major event. Mm-hmm. And then weird crap starts happening afterwards. Yeah. Same as uh, same as when you find certain sea cryptids after massive volcanic activity or a tsunami, like the weird one in Japan and everything. Right. Those things. Those are ma- You look at a major event, you'll start finding cryptid sightings. You'll hmm. start finding strange things like that. So the Mothman... There are still chapters upon chapters upon chapters of information pertaining to the Mothman. (laughs) It is literally one of the most popular cryptids in Western civilization. And the Eastern civilization is starting to love him, too. Yeah. Because when you draw him adorably, like he is on your coffee cup, it's hard (laughs) not to love him. He is pretty cute. (laughs) But the Mothman is one of those ones that, just like I mentioned before with the Skinwalkers... Why it's so captivating is that it has evolved, its myth has evolved into the inexplicable. Mm -hmm. The parts about the Mothman that make it more interesting are the weird parts that very logically seem to be made up after the fact. But it creates a much more interesting creature than just, I witnessed a giant owl. Right. Yeah. Do we think... Hit me, people. What you got? Could have been the Mothman. Well, when you were talking about the Birdman being distinct from the so-called Mothman, bear with me. <laughs> it's okay. No, so, it, it's hard on these. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the pupa, the um, the Mothman pupa came from space, uh, possibly, and this is this the, Brax- is, the Braxton monster. Yes, uh, possibly trying to escape something. Like I was referring to earlier, it's a natural predator, which is also from space. Could be the Birdman. Could be the Birdman. Why would else would they be spotted at the same area? And why are they? Yeah. Why are some people reporting it to be looking different? One had a long neck. One had 
blue feathers and mm -hmm. it looked like a crane or something. Maybe it's here to take care of its problem that escaped from space. Possibly. There's also the possibility of his an accidental so there, landing. There's my fun theory. And our planet is secretly ruled by giant flying snake people. So that's a fun one to talk about later. Maybe that's but, why, <laughs> you know. You know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy Is it too really far-fetched? Well, well, no, you know, I kind of... I, I'm the guy, kind of guy that wants to believe these things are are real, but when I when I look into everything that's laid out, it just the Mothman in particular seems a little a little difficult to get behind. Um, I think that you know, as as Simon laid out, you know, there was history and and this sort of um, this mythos that was already sort of laying out. I think that people out and about late at night trying to cause mischief probably are at some sort of sense of, uh, you know, heightened alert and that it could have been a misidentification and that when, when you get, when a story goes from one hand to the next, it can, it can grow and get bigger and, then if you get the media into it and it's a small town and, you know, not saying this is the, the case, but if there is an opportunity to capitalize on something like this, well, I don't yeah. know oh, if yeah. that, that right. would be a, a thing in this scenario, but, um, you know, there, there's a lot of money to be made. And, um, but it's just, it is such a fascinating story and the, and the imagery is so captivating and uh and interesting and and you know the other thing too a lot of the, the, we see all these commonalities between these you know these cryptids you know like the the terrible odor the the sulfurous you know sort of odor like there's all this through like the history of um of these stories uh, that i just i really find really interesting and captivating i wish i'd been there to see it so that i could actually make a judgment right um, yeah you know, but but it's just such it's such a it's just such an interesting story, and and also the fact that there's that rich history in West Virginia, I think, is really is really really kind of cool, and I'd love to go up there and, and actually visit. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why that it, that's the approach that I try to take for these things too. Is like you have to absolutely cut out all the stuff that's like, no, this is humans being dumb. Yeah. This is people being <laughs> right. weird. Mm -hmm. This is this. That's why I mentioned witch hunting mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I think everybody jumped on a bandwagon yeah. at a specific moment. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at mm -hmm. um, because I feel like that first incident. Something absolutely happened. Exactly. What? I don't know. There are several more that I could not talk about because, like I said, there there's are just, there's so many to yeah. talk about. Right. But there are several more that are seem, some of which, uh, so many of these sightings uh, wind up being like, wait a minute, that's someone with sleep paralysis. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there Which are, is another thing to are, link to sightings of Doombringers and portents of other things yeah. because of the typical... The typical shadow men sighting during uh, sighting during uh, sleep paralysis. Yeah. Uh, yet again, black shadowy figure, red glowing eyes, so empty features. Do we think that Mothman was the harbinger of the bridge disaster? The bridge disaster. 
not at if all. If he is a harbinger at all, why just that area? And why not know. for things like 9-11 or the Titanic? Or oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't go, don't ask that question. You will find <laughs> an I, answer that I you don't a want. Hole? <laughs> yes, that is exact. That You are right on the edge of that rabbit hole and oh, about God. to walk in. Don't do that. <laughs> That's how people fall in. There That's how are fall in. Mothman sightings, quote unquote, for 9/11. at 9-11. Really? What? Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is keeping my eyes peeled then. Notice I said quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. Right. Listen, because also it doesn't help when that movie came out. Well, yeah. Came out sure. in 2002. Oh, mm. right. Oh, yeah. there you oh, go. Right. There we go. That's one of the main reasons why the Mothman popularity exploded again. There was just, sure. it, there was a recent horrible disaster. Yes, and people need to cling on to if we can prevent something like that happening in right. some way. Humans it, need an explanation. Yes, it makes it makes things easier for our brains to comprehend when things happen for seemingly no reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems it's much easier to comprehend it's much easier to comprehend an outlandish conspiracy and a bonkers monster than it is to take the time to just stop and think, no, it was that easy. If we don't, we don't really know if this Mothman is the Harbinger, but we also know that mm, other than those, in memoriam, two dogs. um, (laughs) 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 Other than that, we don't have any claims of it ever harming a human. We have some claims of people saying... Being chased, but not actually being harmed. Some people say, uh, stating that they... The claims of people who claim to have been physically in contact with it are the ones that seem like... Yeah. They're the ones that don't seem legit. So my big question for Jason is, is Mothman on the naughty list or the nice (laughs) list? (laughs) The Mothman is most definitely on the naughty list. Oh, no! As well as anyone who has capitalized on his his back. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's it, no, it's such an interesting. I, I just, I just think these stories are so cool and interesting because, you know, sto- like I'm a storyteller, as you, as you know, and I love the interaction between the myth and the mind, and how those things grow, um, and and translate across like the populace is just such an interesting thing. It looks like it's kind of like telephone, you know, when you play telephone as a kid, mm-hmm. sometimes there's this, there's, there is a kernel of truth. I, I also have no doubt, probably something very uh, distressing happened that night to, to those four people. Yeah. Um, and then it comes, it, it kind of grows out of that. Um, and then, you know, as, as you, as you give it over to, um, you know, the media or people that are trying to create some sort of engaging story that will sell newspapers or whatever. Um, you know, unfortunately sometimes facts are laid to waste and it can become bigger than you think, but the Mothman is on, I'm going to talk to Santa tonight and I'm I'm certain he'll, (laughs) he'll say definitely on the naughty list. Um, although, the people of Point Pleasant are on the nice list, so go, go see them. And, and They actually are listed as being one of the friendlier towns in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Nice and quaint. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, that's great. Um, this is, 
the Mothman is like, as soon as you said you wanted to talk about the Mothman, I was both overjoyed and also immediate, <laughs> overwhelmed. immediately overwhelmed. It's like, I've been reading about the Mothman myself since that movie. Because yeah. my first in- introduction wow. to, the, uh, to the mythos itself was that movie. Mine as well. I had no idea then that I, was based on a real thing. I was like, there's no way. Then I came yeah. to find out that yeah. that movie is not good in yeah. comparison to the real story. Well, no. I mean, when you compare okay. it to, yeah, that's... Uh, and but it's entertaining. The Mothman is one of the more interesting, uh, especially on this side of the pond, it's one of the more interesting American uh, cryptids and uh, legendary creatures in this case. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling us about the Mothman. Yeah. Thank you for Tonight. letting me thank rant so and rave like a lunatic again. So. <laughs> and thank you, Jason, for being with us. It's uh, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, yeah. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Now, because we're coming up on Christmas, of course, I have to ask, is Santa cryptid? <laughs> Santa's not. Krampus is. Krampus! Now, you see, yes. I would actually... Now, hold on there. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I actually have a slightly differing opinion on that one. Because I personally... But vice versa? I fall in the camp that they're the same creature. Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay, Santa that's, that Kr- is interesting. Santa and Krampus resemble very similarly the old Slavic myth of the white and black prince. Oh. Of the At certain times during the year, they're a benevolent deity. At other times in the year, they're a dark deity. Oh. Of both, it's a creation... It's a duality myth, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A creation-destruction myth. But God. I find that... I find the idea of Santa and Krampus, Uh-oh. in this case, being similarly linked. They cannot exist without each other. Yeah. While yeah, there must be celebration and reward for those who lead a positive life, there must be equal punishment and strange <laughs> gru- strange grumpiness applied to uh, people who are not. Is there... See, that's too smart for my show. My show is just a laugh. I was about to ask you if there was any way you were ever going to incorporate Krampus in your show. Well, so he, he, he shows up in the first episode of the new season that just dropped last week. Nice. Um, so uh, there is there is a Krampus storyline this That's season, um, but I'm taking it in a in a, a bananas direction. Also, I've got Good. a I've got a spinoff that I want to um, incorporate. That's amazing. Uh, uh, where I want actually, it's not just one Krampus; it's a family of Krampuses. Oh, that's up! I love and, it. I mean, yeah, and I one of that. them one of them um, is hosting a late night talk show. A la, um, I don't know how your mind works, but I, I know, I know it's, it's a, it's a laugh. Um, but anyhow, it's, it's, it's a blast. So well, we're here um, for it. I, I hope y'all enjoyed it. It's, yeah. it's so much fun and I appreciate And I'm, I'm, I, and if you will all do voices for the show, I'll Absolutely. have stuff. It, like sure. I've got a lot of, my mic, sorry. I've got a lot of different kind of things going on, and I've got some spinoffs. I've got a, an Elf Mafia series oh, that I'm working on. I've got um, the Tooth Fairy investigation, which is going to be more like a uh, Marcos oh, sort of themed thing. Um, <laughs> I the, the, love the main that. show is more like Dateline, True Crime. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, so, that's yeah, absolutely. So, um, Leave my kids yeah. too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a blast, and everybody's been so sweet and awesome about it. That. Everybody that's on the show gets on the, the permanent nice list. So, oh, so book your spots. It. Yeah, and um, Simon's actually one of our um, voiceovers. He can do like pretty much nice. any kind of voice. Like, I mean, you I name it. it. You just name it, and he can do it. I can do like two or three different kinds, but I do have mental issues that allow me to alter my voice. Yes. 
but yeah, we're in. Well, I, I really appreciate y'all so much for having me on. And um, this thanks has been for being fun. on. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have to have you again sometime. Please, that'd be, that'd be that'd be a delight. You should absolutely sit in under one of the non-insane ones too, <laughs> uh, under Raven's actual uh, <laughs> one podcast. of the actual true crime <laughs> ones. One yeah. of the legit one of the legit uh, ones. That's a whole of, different <laughs> instead mood. Of Simon's <laughs> aluminum hat ramblings. <laughs> well, we wanted to uh, incorporate you because. It, you know, we're so close to Christmas and this is our kind of our yeah. Christmas special. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to go listen was, to your podcast now because this sounds too funny. I got to listen to I will to say like, the so, it, it, you know, I, I was finding my way early on. I'm happy with the, the, the series. Um, early on, I, you know, I was kind of finding myself and I, and I, I feel like it has gotten increasingly better. And we we just had our best week last week on downloads, and now I just checked a little while ago, and I'm at eighty percent of that after three days. So, um, so it's, it's, it feels like we've got some good momentum now. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's a laugh, and and I incorporate a lot of true crime podcasters, um, and I love um, that. and yeah, and it's all about just you know shining a light on other creators as well, and also nonprofits that benefit. Uh, you know, the space and, um, you know, there is season one is very kind of like my main character is very naive and very hopeful. Season two takes a little darker turn. And then season three, we're going to return a little bit back for hope. So there is going to be at least three, three seasons. Um, I'm on season two now. Episode two just dropped on Saturday and um, um, I'm planning for 12 to happen and my phone's ringing I don't know where it is so. <laughs> um, but thank y'all for having me yeah thank Thanks you so for being much here, man. Yeah, we appreciate you awesome thanks for listening to this special supernatural episode cryptids unscripted catch more next time on the sirens podcast Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?